microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another issue episode. God. <laughs> but we are having issues tonight, so that's a whole other issue. Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Warriors 3, Brett, Derek, and myself, Mike. And I'll ask once again for this particular evening we're recording, how is everyone doing? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Schizophrenic weather. Yeah. So projected snow. I'm not sure what it's doing. So projected lows for tomorrow morning when you guys get up. Thirties, uh, twenties, fifties. <laughs> you went. I don't even know if it's going to hit fifty in the afternoon here. <laughs> and it's April, folks. Yeah. Go figure. Um. I blame the groundhog. Yeah. Well, how about this? Let's knock this little tidbit out of the way. Check out the website, WeBeGeeks.net. Yes, we're going to go through this fast. Check out our affiliates, Ripped Apparel, Superhero Stuff, Loot Crate, TV Store Online, and Fan Chest. Hey, Fan Chest would be a great thing to get, get your moms. Those of you who have moms who are big sports fans, same thing with the Hero Box. Uh, they just introduced a big old uh, you know, Hero Box from Superhero Stuff. Uh, I'm clicking the link right now to say that they have a Deadpool box that's coming out, and you could choose from two different mystery themes. So there's the Maximum Effort Edition, and uh, I love the, the write-up. Fan Edition or Collector Edition. Both include a Deadpool shirt. Both include stinky footwear. Both include red-black apparel. Both include brown pat brown pant accessories. The collector edition includes fourth wall breaking bonus item and dead headwear. <laughs> and then it says Wolverine X Men Origins VHS. Nope, not neither. X Men Wolverine X Men Origins Laser Disc. Not neither. <laughs> but it's still <laughs> cool that they they went that route. <laughs> so um so that that's that box, and then I wouldn't be surprised if soon. I'm su- well. I am surprised that they didn't do a uh, Avengers box with Avengers coming out, or they haven't announced a solo box. The only other hero box theme that's available at the moment is Superman, a Superman box. So, uh, but they are running up to thirty percent off all Avengers merch. And you get an additional 10% off $45 or more with code ASSEMBLE. So, uh, TV Store Online has a bunch of great stuff from TV and movie memorabilia. Loot Crate, everyone knows what Loot Crate is. And Ripped Apparel, I believe, no, y'all can't see it, but I believe, uh, Derek, you're wearing something that you might have gotten from Ripped Apparel. I am. So, and... Uh, I've clicked on their site real quick, and they have a Lightyear Productions presents Alan instead of Alien. <laughs> it's Buzz Lightyear in a <laughs> in the spacesuit. That's right. pretty cool. Uh, and they've had some great stuff. So 
Um, also, too, check out our Tea Public store, which you can find up in the menu bar called Store. And apparently, I can add that to Instagram now. A, a link to that from Instagram. And I think we could do it from uh, on the page for Facebook as well, which I don't know about you guys. I may be ditching Facebook. We get more people on Twitter and Instagram than we do on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'm about ready to say Facebook's done. So have you guys been listening to any of that uh, Zuckerberg thing? With the, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like our grandfather is trying to figure out what Facebook is. <laughs> they have no I was going to say, yeah. it, 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 hasn't that been the fear of most people on Facebook? Your parents and grandparents have now just joined and you're having to teach them how to use it. Yeah. Well, these people are trying to pass a law or do something to them, so it's kind of scary when they don't even know what it is. So they're grilling them about it. Well, I love some of the questions. They're asking questions to him, and of course, they're being, yeah, you know, he's being very polite about it, going, right. I don't know, and I don't think you know. <laughs> like, like Facebook is a monopoly. It's like, no. <laughs> A monopoly on what? Right. Social media? Uh, No. There's plenty of social. It wasn't even a monopoly when it was created because there were still bulletin bulletin board communities everywhere. Mm -hmm. And MySpace and even Friendster. Yeah. I never got into Friendster. I did have the uh, MySpace. I liked the music a lot better on MySpace. Yeah. I never did either of those, but. I had MySpace, but. At the time, I had more. I was more in the music circles than, than even considering um, what you call it, the uh, podcast thing. Mm. So, um, well, I guess from there, let's let's hit the other big story of of the. Uh, well, I guess it could be a big story of the decade. Yeah, it's uh, not looking good for our Marvel fans that are fans of Stan Lee because uh, there's some troubling news coming out of his camp. Yeah. Uh, uh, allegations that he's been subjected to elder abuse. Mm. Filmmaker Kevin Smith has invited him to live with him. Wow. And this is after he uh, suffered his uh, heart attack back in February. One of the first things he did was reach out to Stan Lee on Twitter. Uh, Smith expressed that he missed him and had him. And he's been friends with Stan Lee since he had a cameo in 1995 in Mallrats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He said that uh, last month that all the phone numbers had for Lee were no longer working and he invited him to live in his home. And there was a series of tweets that he had uh, sent out to him uh, and about and then he uh, sent out another one after there was some more reports about uh, his daughter trying to uh, take his blood for signing autographs and mixing it with ink. Oh, that's just it's wrong. Just, yeah. And uh, he sent out a tweet. This is heartbreaking. We love you at Real Stanley. You are always welcome to come live with me or please let us fans buy you a new place to live. We miss you, sir. And this is after Joan Stanley's wife of 70 years passed away in December at 93. Yeah. Uh, since one of Lee's associates has been accused of stealing $300, $300,000 from his bank account and using 850000 of his money to buy a condominium. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, there, there's definitely some concern of some major but shenanigans involved, especially with with Stanley and and the account his accounts. Yeah. Mm. 
And then there was a reports over the weekend at the Comic Con he was at um, that he was just like not with it, and they were having to tell him how to sign his name and things like that. Yeah. People saying he kind of looked like a weekend at Bernie's type thing that people were just using him to make money. This is sad. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. And I think that any any uh, con that signs him to come, which should definitely be uh, boycotted. Cause, because they, they know what's down with them. Uh, I agree. You know what, what? You know what else makes me sad is seeing some of the comments and some of these stories from these Stan Lee haters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, come on, people. I mean, why? Why would you hate Stan Lee? I mean, realistically, I mean, he he never took. I don't. Okay. Since I have really been focusing, paying attention, I don't ever remember him taking credit for work he didn't do, like AKA Bob Kane. Um, he has tried to give credit to people. I think there's a lot of bad blood with Ditko and uh, Kirby as well with him. Yeah, but even even Kirby, him and Kirby, they well, they didn't necessarily make up, but they, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you have the whole sexual misconduct thing, uh, which is at the end of this uh, report from CBR, his attorney is dismissed as part of an extortion scheme. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying that one. No, because uh, you would have blackmailed them if you were going to do an extortion. You wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know how they're expecting to get money out of them that way. I don't, I, I don't I'm not, buy that he was. I'm not believing it either. Yeah. It's, uh, sorry. Bad pun. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, this sad state of affairs. See him going like this. I guess uh, living long is definitely not uh, always good. No, yeah. I would say if you're going to live a long life, make sure the moment you become decrepit, you go fast. That way, you don't get caught in this type of crap. Yeah, really. Or write your kids out of the will. <laughs> Yeah, but I have a funny feeling they would figure out how to get their way back into the will, especially especially if they have potential uh, power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's got no one else. His lawyer died and his wife died, so he really doesn't have anybody to take care and, of him. And the person who is supposedly his manager who let go of his bodyguard and personal assistant isn't doing much to help either. I think that's where the I think that's where all the embezzling is coming from. And yes, that's the mm-hmm. word I was looking for earlier. Embezzling. Yes. It's, uh, especially when it's going through this is so public. I mean, he's out there at the cons and everything else like that. This is yeah. Sad. And I think it's funny too how supposedly he was supposed to be stepping away from the cons because mm-hmm. of his age and his health, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's he's right back out there again. And it makes you wonder: is that him, or is that the or the family doing it? Telling yeah. him, "Oh, you, you got to go." Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, Gordy Howe around here. He would always his wife would always be sending him to appearances and stuff to do autograph signings and things like that, even as he was getting older. Yeah. So it's all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of Gordy Howe, I'm going to say, as we're recording, Stanley Cup playoffs have started. Nice. I know Brett doesn't care. He doesn't have a player in the game this year. (laughs) All our teams are horrible. Derek's got a Derek's got a player in the game. Bruins you say so. Bruins? Are you not much of a Bruins fan? I'm uh, not much of a hockey fan. Uh, 
Well, it's I will, okay. I will say my local team is in Tampa Bay, but if you didn't see that one coming, then where were you? Especially this season. But my main team, the Colorado Avalanche, wild card number two slot. Woohoo! Hated Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, I guess I will go. I think I do have the next story. Um, Avengers Infinity War <laughs> opens, what, two weeks? Yes. yes. Two weeks from Friday is already on a record-breaking path. Tickets went on sale what, earlier this week. Yes. And uh, as we're recording, a gentleman, um, Fandango Managing Editor Eric Davis tweeted the following. This just in. Infinity War has sold more than double the amount of tickets as Black Panther two weeks from release. And not only that, it has sold more than the last seven Marvel Studios movies combined. This is going to be massive. It's kind of, I mean, you've got all the fan bases coming into one movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You got Captain America fans, you got the Guardians fans, you got the Thor fans, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, all into one. And the Avengers fans. And this is the big one, too. Yeah. This is what it's all been leading up to. Well, and then, then he follows up after that. Honestly, I was expecting this movie to be big, but to have sold more tickets than the last seven combined is pretty nuts. You're including Black Panther, Civil War, Guardians 2, Thor Ragnarok, Ant-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Doctor Strange. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's the seven. So I guess Black Panther must have done all the sales after the movie came out. It wasn't like all, I think yeah. that, I think it was for the pre-sales necessarily. See, I think the marketing was. Been. I think the marketing was done right with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Infinity War, we've. I won't say it's been done right. I mean, it's been done well, but I, I want to say they've almost overdid, overdone. That's what I was just going to say. I don't even watch any more of the trailers anymore because they're just giving everything away. I don't want to. Yeah. Watch um, any more of them. Right. I mean, there's been such an unprecedented anticipation. Uh, that it's pacing to break records. Um, moviegoers are rushing to guarantee their seats in advance for what is to be sure one of the most talked about movies of the decade. This is, again, Eric Davis. Um, Infinity War is on track for an amazing $175 million to $200 million opening. Only seven other movies in history have reached $175 million in their debuts. And only five have topped two hundred million. So now, here's here's uh, another bit of kind of pathetic news in that the uh, that group that uh, I don't even know what they have a name for themselves that have been trying to uh, give the Disney films a bad reviews like they did it for Last Jedi and tried to do it for uh, there, Black Panther and stuff. There's a name for those losers. <laughs> Star Star Wars fanboys. No, no, oh. no. It's 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 this particular group that's upset at Disney. I think they're more DC fans or fans of the DC movies, and they're upset that the DC movies haven't done as well. So they're trying to. <laughs> well, they don't have to look far for that one. I know. So they they've been trying to badmouth all of the latest big Disney films. And they're going to try again with uh, Infinity War. And uh, Hey, Ken, uh, Ken's Skype is showing he's online. We should give him a call and get his opinion on this. Why do the DC <laughs> movies suck? 
But uh, so all I got to say to them is, go ahead and give it your best shot, man. It's not going to matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, Speaking I mean, last, I just picked it up uh, a Blu-ray today. For which? Did you? For uh, the Last Jedi. See, I'm wanting the wanting the Blu-ray DVD combo with the digital. Problem is, I'm struggling to find a copy of it because I didn't get it when it first came out because I didn't have the money to get it when it first came out. I, I just ran digital. Up. I don't need the yeah. DVD. So, that was, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the new war. It's going to be great. Yeah, it should yeah. be awesome. Yeah, it should be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be as cool <laughs> as Infinity and Beyond. Oh, uh, wait, never mind. <laughs> I'm seeing a picture uh, someone posted on Facebook. And it's Greg Hawks just posted this picture of him and Rick at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it looks like it might be Rick Astley. Oh, no. Or um, <laughs> Rick Ocasek. I think it's more Rick Ocasek from... Uh, that makes sense because the cars are getting uh, inducted. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, it looks horrible. I, I, okay, okay, six and exactly good looking. It's almost looked like a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I will say this. Uh, Brian Seltzer, Seltzer, prime example of how you could get better looking with age. Because he was, he looked like he was beaten with an ugly stick when he was in Street Cats. Eric Ocasek looks like somebody's grandmother. <laughs> so, does Gar- so does Gary Hawks. Yeah, I know. Who is that? Uh, I don't remember right off the top of my head. Or Greg Hawks. Let's see who that is. Or if he's another member of the car or something. He might be. Well, I was surprised to hear uh, yesterday Fleetwood Mac just fired one of their main players. Oh, wow. Yes, we have turned into a music show. Um, Lindsey Buckingham fired after a disagreement over the upcoming band's tour. Hmm. There's a surprise trouble in Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. If I have more breakups than anybody. Yeah, that Greg Hawks is a keyboard player for the Cars, by the way. So anybody's keeping score. Yeah, he, look, he looks like Grandma. Yeah. Hi, Grandma. Do you guys listen to Howard Stern? No. No. He's been uh, complaining because he's going to be uh, inducting Bon Jovi into the Hall of Fame. And he's complained <laughs> about having to go to Cleveland and everything else like that and having to leave his home and everything. <laughs> so <laughs> <one time. laughs> yeah. Howard, deal with it. Yeah. Just deal Talk with it. Friends. Yeah. So. And that is your music report for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I do want to say this. Um, we've had a bunch, or we've had over the last six to eight months, and I've been bad about mentioning them, but we've had we've had a few new shows pop onto the network. We've had iRebel, uh, Pop Culture, uh, Cosmos, uh, the PCC, Verse. Um, there's been a few others, and I apologize if I have forgotten show names, but it has been crazy on my end of the world, and I just... I'm going to get better. That's one of my goals, to get better about when new shows come on, announcing them on the show, since we are also the voice of the network. As well as the Geek Revolution. And the official voice of the Geek Revolution. So, And, and we're just generally really cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are the coolest. Can't, can't get much more cooler than this. Okay, maybe Sheldon Cooper cool, but... No. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so
So I wish my sound drops were working off my interface, but they're not. Um, Ain't that a pain? See, it's going to be on the show, but you guys don't hear it. So um, I guess we'll go on to the next story, which may be a secret. Ooh, nice. Nice segue. I, I haven't had a segue like that since, well, it's been a while. 1942. Great movie. <laughs> Let me hear the guns, son. The guns. Well, well, well there is an interesting little tidbit out uh, involving the Russo brothers, the directors of the Infinity War. Uh, and it involves uh, the Disney's bid to purchase uh, key entertainment assets from Fox. Uh, and those assets include the X-Men and the Fantastic Four-ish, uh, who could then join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Joe and Anthony Russo have said that, have mentioned uh, perhaps after Infinity War doing a little story called Secret Wars. That would be cool. A little story. Ooh, ooh, just a little. So, uh, according to Joe Russo in an interview for French publication Linternaut. Wait, oui, wait. Oui. Pardon my, pardon my French. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. Okay. I keep it up. Here, buddy. Wait, wait. I am French, so I can get away with it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Joe Russo said, "If that Fox deal goes through with Disney, there's a lot more characters to work with. All of a sudden, it would be interesting to do something like Secret Wars." Uh, of course, he doesn't specify if he's talking about the original 1984 Secret Wars uh, by Jim Shooter, Mike Zeck, and Bob Layton, or the 2015 Secret Wars. Oh, please, Actually, not that, was, that one. No. That one was just Secret War, wasn't it? By Jonathan Hickman and Assad Ribic. Although that, I that I don't, that, that would, yeah, no. Uh, the original one was a massive crossover event that saw different heroes and villains brought brought to fight on Battleworld by the Beyonder. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, the one in 2015. Wow, that was in 2015. Wow. I, I was thinking the same thing. It seemed like a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> uh, that one combined the Ultimate and 616 Marvel Universes together and brought a lot of the Ultimate characters, not a lot, but a couple of the Ultimate characters to the regular Marvel Universe and was a big kind of mess. So uh, they also haven't commented on whether they would actually direct the still entirely theoretical film. And Anthony Russo said they've been so focused on Infinity War and the fourth Avengers film, which will also be their fourth Marvel Studios film, that they haven't really thought about the future yet. So what do you think? A little Secret Wars be, up in the MCU? That'd, that'd be, be awesome. interesting, huh? Or one. Mm-hmm. They they probably would have to update the uh, Beyonder a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> he was a little eighties, but <laughs> but uh, uh, everything else that could be an interesting way to bring in um, 
like yeah. the uh, the X Men and Fantastic Four characters. Yeah, yeah. they do the they do the six one six and Ultimate. Isn't the only person that came from the Ultimate Universe Miles Morales? Who else came from the Ultimate Universe? I yeah. think. I think Wolverine's son has popped up. Oh, Dakin? Okay, I didn't know. If- no, no, no. Uh, his other... His, um, oh. Yeah, Dakin's been around, but he's from the 616. Uh, he, I forgot his name. He's a blonde guy. Let's see. I'm bad... I run a Marvel podcast, and I'm bad with Marvel history of characters. because <laughs> uh, I'm, G- I'm still relearning on my own. I can't remember his name now, but anyway, so he's around. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there were any other ones. Spider Gwen, yeah, ultimate, right? Because she came no. out after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she could be yeah. technically because she did come from another universe. And I guess they still have that evil Reed Richards maker. Yes, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so they got a couple, but not a whole lot. Yeah, for the mashup, and they could always pop out a few more if they wanted to, but. You don't want to overkill it. Just like babies. <laughs> but anyway, that would be cool to see that. I think it would take more than one movie, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought that was like a 12 issue. Uh, oh, that was, a year, that was a year long yeah. event. Oh, yeah. 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 Both, both of them. <laughs> yeah. With with the final issue being delayed four months, right? Yeah, that one. That, I think that wasn't that like over a year because of that. Yeah, yeah. and they also they were releasing comics that already told what happened in the events of the. Yeah, actually came out. And then when the final issue did come out, you're like, well, now I don't know if I really care. Right. Typical. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, still, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a ton of money. And I, I wonder, because everybody from these this set of movies, from the Avengers ones at least, have, they're out of contracts, right? They're out of the Avengers ones. Yeah. 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 Well, well, Evan says he's done as Captain America. Yeah. And then, but there's a lot of people. Robert Downey. But there's also a lot of people going, uh, but he could be in the next one, but not as Cap, as Nomad. Mm and then Robert Downey Jr. is always like, oh, I'm done. Oh, I'm not done. Oh, I'm done. Oh, I'm not done. Yeah. Or if they bring the Fantastic Four in, Chris Evans could uh, go back to his reprises. <laughs> oh, <laughs> please, no. <laughs> Taking their cue from uh, Fox. Uh, was it? I think it was my co-host on Keepers of the Fringe, Chris. He either came up with it or he read it somewhere where it's like um, the Fantastic Four. Chris Evans is like the kid, and then Captain America is like when he grows up. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember hearing that. That was a couple of weeks ago. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it it does make sense. So, so um, from Marvel to DC, some new photos have been leaked from Toronto's set of DC's Titans. And uh, I'm a huge Titans fan, so I'm looking forward to this. But after seeing these pictures, I'm not so <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. 
worried. There's a first look at uh, Ryan Potter and Tegan Croft. Uh, Potter plays Beast Boy and Tegan Croft plays Raven. And the only thing green on Beast Boy is his hair. Uh, it doesn't look great. No. It has the signature uh, red and white uh, jacket on it. I mean, the, is the costume from, looks okay. Yeah. From what yeah. we see. It's just they didn't make him green, so except his hair, so it does. It just looks weird. But it gets worse, right? And then we've also had leaked uh, shots of Starfire, uh, played by Anna Diop, and she looks like she just walked off of a street corner. Mm. <laughs> That's why I can describe it. It looks horrible. One, one yeah, my, they've turned one of my favorite Teen Titan characters from Starfire, and to to quote the the Godfather and from WWE to Star Who. <laughs> so now it's yeah. Teen Teen Titans Who's. <laughs> and we've also got Brenton Thwaite as uh, Dick Grayson, which he's okay, I guess. He's has blonde hair though. <laughs> There's nothing there to the yeah. to the costume. Oh, he's in street clothes. Big whoop. Yeah, so these aren't uh, making me feel warm and fuzzy for the show. No. Yeah, really. It's just like seeing the back of the Shazam costume. Looked great. Right. They turned to the front like, oh, you went that far out. A red smell of man. So, but they do. I, I have to give them some credit though, because I saw Hawk and Dove uh, the actual official photos that Warner Brothers released um, of Hawk and Dove and Robin look good. So, oh really? Yeah. So huh. let's see. Yeah, there's links to the pictures off of that in the article. Hmm. Okay. So they don't look bad, but well, at this point in time, DC movies we know they come out. We have no hope. <laughs> right. No hope. <laughs> what, what what's y'all's take on on this new streaming service? I mean, I want to give it a chance. I want to. I want to hope they do something, but yeah, I, I have a vote. I have, I have that vote of no confidence. Ah, seeing this, these pictures does not fill me with confidence. But no, I'd like to see still... what they're going to have on it, though. Yeah. I need more. I need more info. Need the info. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, looking at this, your your hopes for Titans? Uh, very low. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm. I'm just not understanding why they're not doing. Uh, what should we call it? Why they're not making Starfire more alien? Why are they mm-hmm. going? Oh, she needs to conceal her her yeah. identity. Her She's identity. Like six feet. Something. She's taller than Dick Grayson. Well, in in the book, she was taller. That's what I'm saying. But she's in the in these pictures. She's not. This is true. It's bad. Yeah. Well, how about this for bad? Next, you know, convention season's already started this year, and things have been kind of crazy. Um, how about next year? It gets even worse. Some of the. <laughs> Let's see, some of the three biggest cons this time of year is WonderCon, C2E2, and Planet Comic Con, right? Next year, um, WonderCon will be held March 29th through 31st. C2E2 will be held March 29th through 31st. Planet Comic Con will be held March 29th through 31st. Now, wait, wait, wait. Three major shows. 
all in the same weekend. That's a lot of convention. Especially considering you've got WonderCon is done by the Comic-Con International, which is San Diego. C2E2 is Reed Pop, and I forgot who runs Planet Comic-Con. But, I mean... I think they're going to get gas. That's another good question, because usually a lot of people who are at... Guest pool is going to be very thin for those shows next year. Mm. It's going to come down to who's going to pay the most money. Yep. I mean, realistically, who, who who's going to pay the most money? Um, now, of course, there's been overlaps before. Just like this past weekend, you had C2E2, you had Dallas Fan Expo, you had Silicon Valley Comic Con, you had Mocha Fest, a bunch of other regional events, in addition to Walker Stalker Con in Chicago, which, why are they going up against C2E2 for the same weekend? Um... Now, C2E2 and WonderCon are considered majors, and that's where you know, most of the big publishers exhibit and have many announcements. Um, but it seems like Reed and, and Comic-Con International aren't talking because w- w- it would not be in their best interest for the two of them to have their shows on the same date. Uh, and, of course, Planet Comic-Con is in its 20th year and is a major Midwestern show, and it draws a pretty large youthful crowd. Now, this goes part of this goes back to hotel to the hotel night issue. If an event doesn't sell enough hotel nights, it isn't considered a major event. Since fans tend to travel locally or have roommates, they don't sell as many hotel rooms as say um, a bowlers convention. <laughs> um, the the name of the convention listed in the story I can't mention, but yeah, uh, a nephol- nephrologist, which don't know what that is. It's a kidney doctor. Ah. A pisser of a job. Uh, <laughs> that um, would be the urologist. Ah! Uh, um, of course, WonderCon and C2E2 have good or great relationships with their facilities, but they always have been in the March to April time period, so um, it's hard to tell there. Now, Planet Comic Con's planning. Well, the 2018 show, this year's show, was held February 16th or 18th, a very different part of the calendar that they're usually in. Uh, whether different dates had to work with what they got from Bartle Hall, a.k.a. Kansas City Convention Center, uh, is up in the air. Um, awesome Con in Washington, D.C. is another show that moves around. Last year, it was June 16th through 18th. This year, it got moved to the dreaded Easter slot. And in 2019, it will be April 26th through 28th. Now, then you have Megacon, who all of a sudden, from what I'm hearing, they're kind of upsetting a lot of vendors. Because this year, all these guests, so little vendors, There's not they're, they're restricting how many vendor tables on the exhibit floor. Really? Yeah. Wow. Why would you go and do that? <sighs> but, but they're running Memorial Weekend, which is yet another dreaded spot. Unbelievable. So... Yeah. I think you have like control of all these, so I don't know if somebody wasn't talking to somebody else or what. Yeah, really. Who knows? I mean, it's definitely up to you know, like I said, it's definitely the venue um, that that decides when the show is. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, celebration last year was Easter weekend. I think that was one of the reasons why Derek couldn't make it down here last year for the yeah. show. I mean, I would definitely love to see. I, <sighs> I would love to see holidays, Memorial Day, Easter, July 4th. I would love to see them as off limits for a convention. I I just wish conventions would go, you know, 
We don't need to do it. But that will never, ever happen, unfortunately. Unless it becomes uh, unprofitable. Well, for MegaCon, it just might be this year. Unless they're planning, unless they're planning to to have their draw come from from guests. Now their guest list is is impressive this year. Uh, like the guest list from MegaCon, which I'm not going, so I don't know why I'm I'm pushing this. Mm-hmm. Uh. Guests, celebrity guests, Jeff Goldblum, Jason Momoa, Elijah Wood, Lucy Lawless, John Cena, Alexa Bliss, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Renee O'Connor, Billy D. Williams, Charlie Cox, Jennifer Morrison, Kathleen Tate, Carl Urban, Paul Rubens. Carrie Ulls, Chris Sarandon, Wallace Shawn, Jonas Sutamo, Amy Jo Johnson, Amy Acker, Mitch Pelegi, William B. Davis, Annabeth Gish, Cress Williams, Nafasa Williams. I wonder if there's a relation there. China McLean, Michael Cudlitz, Craig Sulkin. That's that's the celebrity guest. Then we got um, the comic featured guest. <laughs> and this, oh, this list isn't as bad. Um, internet celebrity. Really? Tobuscus, the Jovenshire, West the Editor, Lasercorn, and Sohinky are going to be here. Why? (laughs) Why? I don't get it. Anime featured guests, um, Veronica Taylor, Max Middleman, Malie Flanagan, uh, Chris Sabat, Sean Skimmel, uh, other uh, animation guests, Vanessa Marshall. Uh, Jeremy Shada, Susan Egan, Christopher Daniel Barnes, Jody Benson, Zach Callison, D.D. Mango, Estelle, Michaela Dietz, Chris Randon, Wallace Shawn. Then we got the cosplayers. Do I need to get started with that one? (laughs) We all know how much you love them. Yeah, yeah, no. I love the local ones, but I I don't think these need to be... Okay, cosplayers. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Really? How many of these people? How many of them are going to be actually have tables out interspersed amongst the exhibitors? And how many are actually going to be sitting next to? Well, Yaya Han's going to be at her own exhibitor table. But how many of these others are going to be? See, I don't know how MegaCon's running now. But for all of these, uh, Joanne Barosas. Bar- uh, it says autograph price TBA, photo op price TBA. Really? I can't pay for that? <laughs> Why? That's what I'm seeing. Mike's heart rate go up a bit roof. Why can't, why can't we just have, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the locals make them celebrities for the weekend? Because they won't draw as much of a crowd. This is true. This is true. All of your questions can be answered with one word. Money. Boobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, money. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but there's even more convention news. Oh, well, yes, there is. <laughs> and that news is that there is a new kind of convention heading to Chicago this summer. And that convention will be called WakandaCon. And it is a three-day event celebrating Afrofuturism, tech, and community outreach. It's going to take place at the Hilton Chicago 
And it was inspired by recent films, including a little film called Black Panther, which, in case you didn't realize, is where the event gets its name. <clears throat> the, uh, the convention is going to include a lineup of panels, lectures, workshops, and live entertainment. And it will also feature a marketplace for African-American small business owners. Uh, WakandaCon is currently open for submissions for programming, vendors, sponsors, and volunteers. And you can find an application at the convention's official website. The convention was co-founded by Chicago-area siblings David, Allie, and Matt Barthwell, uh, entrepreneur Lisa Beasley, and producer Taylor Witten. It is officially described as a fan-driven convention celebrating Afrofuturism, tech and pop culture in Chicago, Illinois, and a black organized and operated convention. Uh, Co-founder Ali Barthwell uh, in a statement said, the moment we saw Wakanda in film, we wanted a space to gather and talk about everything African Americans are passionate about. Afrofuturism is about imagining a future for black people all around the world. WakandaCon is a space for black people to look past the present and into our future. Uh, And founder David Barthwell added, Our people have been hungry for something like this for a very long time, and I hope that WakandaCon only adds to the fire. Uh, And then Matt Barthwell said, My siblings and I were all born and raised in the area. And Chicago is the city that we love. We hope that WakandaCon will not just be an event for people of Chicago, but for people all over. So the event's going to run from August 3rd to August 5th at the Hilton Downtown Chicago in Chicago. And a weekend past the event only costs $35. Okay. Has has anyone checked to see if there's another convention going on that same weekend? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> We're sure. Pretty sure. That's pretty cool, though. I like that. Yeah. Hopefully they uh, support the book, too, that the source material. I'm sure. Yeah. That would be. Uh, you, you, well, if you call it WakandaCon, you kind of have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good. Like, don't need a reason to go to Chicago, but that would be a good one. Yes, it was mm, definitely. It's yes, interesting it too. I like I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a different different kind of convention too, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know what's actually going to be there. Um, Wakanda. We have one note to the to the organizers of this convention from Mike, and that would be less cosplayers, please. <laughs> 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 well, I, I don't think you need to bring in for the cosplayers, the professionals. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to get you started again. I, I'm sorry. Really? Uh, we need we need to get a cosplayer on here. Well, I know. Anyway. That'll be the show of the century. We'll have a debate. How about none of the ones who are, all they do for a living is make money going to conventions. How about we get none of those on? (laughs) Because, well, I'm sorry, I don't want to look at their Patreon page or some of their other pages and go, oh, help support me by going to conventions by buying my scantily clad photo sets that have nothing to do with cosplay. 
Those are definitely going to be the ones that we get on. <laughs> yeah. And I am entitled to have the convention pay for my my flight and my hotel and everything else. Yeah. You get your table for free. And that's it. Move along. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. What are you saying? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yes. Never get sold. <laughs> well, that's the end of my story, so <laughs> that that might be the one that ends the show. <laughs> right that broke the show's back. <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. Yay! Well, now we get solo coming up here soon too, don't we? Yeah. When's oh yeah. In the May. In the Memorial May, yeah. weekend. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we also have Deadpool coming up. Yep. That's in June or July. Deadpool? It's in the beginning of May. Never mind then. Well, I found one more story. Comic ship comic shop owners leave Diamond Retailer Summit over partnership with Marvel. What? <laughs> uh, this is coming from Monkeys Fighting Robots. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Diamond Retailer Summit was held last week at C2E2 in Chicago, and this is the first time many retailers were able to voice opinions to the new editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, C.B. Sabolsky. Mm-hmm. Um, owning a comic owning a comic book shop is not easy, and with a giant like Amazon threatening to take over the world, you can understand why retailers feel threatened when Comicology, which is owned by Amazon, runs a mega sale. Brian Hibbs of Comics Experience wrote an open letter to Marvel Friday expressing his frustration and lack of action by the Disney-owned company on this issue. Michael or Mikhail Savage of Uncanny Heroes rebutted Hibbs' argument with his own open letter directed at Hibbs. The problem here is this, the discourse among retailers. Whatever side of the argument you're on, the retailers are divided, and Marvel will be fine with that. <sighs> Uh, if the retailers, um, if the retailers uh, were united, change could happen. But from the Tic Tac comments on Savage's Facebook post, it appears retailers are too competitive against each other to look for the greater good. So, uh, the following are the transcripts for. Here's Brian Hibbs' open letter. And, uh, to this from Brian Hibbs to John Nee, publisher of Marvel Comics, David Gabriel, VP of Sales, and C.B. Sabolsky, editor-in-chief. I was extremely disappointed at Marvel Comics' performance at the Diamond Summit this week. Not because of C.B. He's very obviously as a... He very obviously has a heartfelt passion and concern for the line, but because of the lack of preparation for and proper response to the retailer's sincere existential threat from the now fifth week of the wild undercutting on this new this week book product coming from Amazon. It's utterly unacceptable that Marvel is allowing 90%, 96% plus off pricing on a brand new book like Infinity Siblings. CB says that you're trying to get to the bottom of this and all that you are in talks. This is this to me is the kind of situation that involves getting resolved in absolutely no more than 72 hours. And that's 48 hours more 
then my heart tells me it's really it really takes because of the literal harm it's going to do to an entire class of customers. Because after five weeks, five weeks where this has been reported far and wide, five weeks where that reporting is driving customers to digital at the expense of print, I've decided that as of this FOC, um, I can no longer order new Marvel graphic novels and have zeroed out my orders on all book format published or on all book format product published by Marvel at both my stores. I do not want to do this, but the way in the Marvel has slow walked this tells me it's the only thing I could do. There's still time to change ceasing this program and coming forward publicly with a full and completely transparent accounting of what happened and I'm happy to reinstate those orders blissfully even, but my economic power of purchasing even if it's only a fraction of Amazon's is is the only power I have and there are plenty of other publishers wanting to sell me books that are bending over backwards for me so that I will have no problem filling my racks. Yeah, but who's going to buy them off your racks? Yeah. Well, who's who's going to buy the racks at this point? Uh, I don't know everything about what Amazon does and why, but in years of watching them, what CB described does not match any known behavior that I have observed, nor what I have been able to discuss with other publishers about behaviors they have observed. CB's picture simply does not make sense. Amazon does not take that kind of loss on that scale unless it's being made up in some other consideration from a manufacturer. I hope this is being dealt with promptly and publicly. I would like to keep ordering new Marvel book stock. Thank you for listening. Brian Hibbs, Head Cheese, Comic Experience, and Comics Experience Outpost. Speaking of which, I did uh, get two uh, graphic novels off of Comicology today for 99 cents. (laughs) (laughs) From what company? Marvel. There was was an Avengers one and uh, Spider-Man Deadpool. Now, they had been running, and and I picked up a couple. Uh, They were doing like a 99 cent thing where twice a week they were updating books. Mm. But they were, I mean, they were older books, though. Right, but I, I don't see I don't see that sale going on. I don't see it listed anymore on uh, on their site. Yeah, I don't know if they like he said that they're doing weekly sales of different books or, or what. They, I wonder uh, new this week, and that's where I found those uh, graphic novels that I got. See, I'm looking at I'm there right now, and I'm not seeing there's Marvel. I, I'm not seeing the sale that I saw earlier. Mm. Um, so like I said, they were running a, see, it just went there. Let's see. Marvel comics. Click on that one on comicology site. Uh, blockbuster sale guardians of the galaxy up to 67% off mm-hmm. blockbuster sale Iron Man up to 67% off. I don't know what the answer to saving brick and mortar comic shops is because with other places they can go online and have and do that kind of thing, maybe that might be a way to, but uh, they can't go digital or anything like that. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, well, here's the other thing too, though. Um, You've got uh, Toys R Us has been, you know, one of the latest victims of the Amazon, new Amazon uh, initiative. Oh, if we, yeah. If you want to call it that. Um, now, Michael Michael Savage, uh, which he owns Uncanny Heroes down here in Lakeland, Florida. I didn't realize that was in Lakeland. Um, he has as an open letter to Brian Hibbs, carbon copy, any retailer willing to calmly listen to David C.B., 
Jen, Joe, Richard, which I have no clue who the other people are. I know who's so... Uh, wait, was that Rich Johnson from Bleeding Cool? Why would you go and get him involved? Jen King, uh, which she is with... I don't know who she's associated with. Uh, Joe Casada. Okay, obviously we know who that is. Uh, Rich, Richard Johnson, which, yeah, he's the head of uh, Bleeding Cool. So, um, dear Brian, your letter to Marvel has has me somewhat confused. It seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're placing the 99-cent Thanos debacle from last week on them. When this was addressed at the retailer summit, CB was very open about Marvel being just as blindsided by the sale. Much like Marvel not having control over many retailers, having an always 25% off sales on trades and hardcovers, um, we do this in our shop to stay competitive with Amazon. They have zero control over what Comicology or Amazon chooses to price books at. This applies to print or digital. Do you want corporate price controls on our products or just controls on our competitors, which, but not us? It seems like you're asking for Marvel to step it, step in and control price, which would have to be a line wide and equally, and equally enforced. The real issue here is we have new competition with, with massive presence and a digital footprint the size of a continent. And you're trying to think, negotiate and compete against them with a decade plus old style of thinking. We have to be better and smarter than that. These publishers, all of them are in the same business as us. They are our partners. We have to sit and listen with eager ears when they present at summits. Yes, we have to engage in healthy debate, healthy the key word. And we also have to show some respect for their decisions. If you don't like where they're going, then fine. Stop ordering from them. Uh, your letter could have gone straight to CB and David. You could have chosen to wait a week, get curious, and ask questions beyond your surface-level frustration and partnered with them towards a solution. Instead, you wrote your open letter to stir the pot, knowing that the answer won't change if you're asking the same question from the same reactive frustration. Uh, and sir, before this seems like I'm in opposition, please know that I know you're absolutely have done wonders for retailers. And I've said this before. I respect you deeply. In this instance, this feels like it's more about you and less about truly joining in a solution based discussion. Uh, this kind of stuff alienates publishers and retailers as a group of business professionals. If we're going to go, if we're going to grow and thrive, we all do well to follow Steve Jeppy's advice and stay positive, see what's possible, and work together to keep our clubhouses full of comic fans. I'm only 18 years new to this business, and maybe I've learned a few things in other businesses. And looked and look, I'm opening. I'm open to being totally wrong on this. I just see a better way, and it starts not to blunt. It starts not with blaming and attempting attempted public hanging, but instead with patience, curiosity, dialogue, and partnership. Yeah, I don't think Marvel's too worried about him. <laughs> no. They've got a ton more money where that came from. Yep. I think that guy, uh, second guy had it right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's right. Like, that's not necessarily something that Marvel can control or is at fault about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will admit, yes, I do get the physical books, or as I have joked around, the analog books. But I also mm-hmm. get, I also get digital. And I mean, for me, I I'm picky about what physical books I get because I have limited storage space, and I get what has the most um, sentimental value or thing for me. 
But digital-wise, I'm more open to pick up stuff because I don't have to worry about trying to keep up with, with the physical book. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like about Marvel is you buy the book, you get the digital copy. Unless it's a trade paperback, which, you know, if I'm paying 18 20 bucks for the trade paperback, just throw a stupid code in there as well so I can have it on my the digital copy as well. Mm-hmm. So... Because personally, I'm going to read the digital. I'm going to read the digital copy while I'm traveling or away from the house before I will read it. Before risking taking the book with me out on the out to work or something. Yeah, because you like to keep that in your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's a really bad book, that that's toilet paper for when I run out of toilet paper. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Plus, at least digital, you get them on sale once in a while where our covers you don't, or uh, analog stuff you don't. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yep. Not to mention the high prices that the comic book shops gouge on toys or anything else you try and buy there. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're at least. Ten or more dollars than if you would go on like Amazon or even or anything like that. Mm. Even Toys R Us was super expensive. I think that's part of the reason why they uh, went out of business too. Is they had their prices were really high. Well, think so. about it. think about Circuit City. Mm-hmm. Circuit City, you know, got the they for the most part went out of business because Best Buy had almost price gouged. Once Circuit City was gone, what came back up? Prices at Best Buy. They're not, because I don't think they truly compete with Target or Walmart with a lot of that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It... I think a lot of places are too slow to go digital, too, or go online where you can shop online and things like that. Because I would much rather do that than actually go to the store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go on your computer and buy it. I know, right? That's what killed a lot of the bookstores, like Borders and that. Yeah. Because they were too slow to get into the e-reading. Yep. So, yeah, they're going to have to do something, though, because the very few comic shops around here that are open. Yeah. I mean, I've got here in the Orlando, I got Coliseum of Comics, and there's quite a bit, quite a bit there. Uh, and there's a few other shops in the area. And of course, you know, Uncanny Heroes is down in Lakeland. There's a Coliseum of Comics in Lakeland. And Coliseum of Comics just opened up a store up in, in Jacksonville. And of course, we got Gods and Monsters here. And we got Acme Comics here. So, I mean, we have three major, three major groups. But of course, they're competing for money too. It's, if I want, if I want a big chunk of collectibles, chances are I'm going to go to Gods and Monsters because that's, they don't carry many books. They man, mainly carry for their, uh, what should I call it? For their, uh, for their subscribers. And then they have some, they have some left, you know, they pick up some of the bigger titles, but they don't carry a, a large amount. Whereas Coliseum of Comics, they've got six, eight stores in Florida. And so when they put in their order and everything goes to the warehouse for disbursement, they're ordering for all, you know, every manager's going, yeah, I need this number, this number, this number. So six stores, six different managers or eight stores, eight different managers, given their numbers, their numbers for titles are going to be, be bigger. So. Yes. And I don't know how to, how to fix it. There's got to be a way where the digital can survive. Unfortunately, I don't see it going away. Um, but 
I mean, at this point in time, I, I see print copies going away before the digital. Oh, yeah. And, and I would not be surprised that the companies go, yep, no more, no, no more, uh, whatchamacallit. No, no more, no more print copies. Everything's digital, and you want to buy our books? Go to Comicology. That's probably the future. Yeah. Although it does lower, they don't have the secondary market at all with the, anything going up in price because that's yeah. that's what they do is they try, especially Marvel, rebooting all their numbers every year. Yes. So the new number yeah. ones, now they're not. That's mm. not gonna matter because you're not going to have. Doesn't matter if it's number one of its digital. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yep. For sure. For sure. That's all I had. So, well, any final thoughts? Nope. Brett. Nope. Well, then on that note, uh, email us if you have any questions, concerns, or hate over my (laughs) despisement of professional cosplayers at conventions. Email us at WeebyGeeks at WeebyGeeks.net or hit us up on Twitter at WeebyGeeks, Twitter and Instagram at WeebyGeeks or Facebook at WeebyGeeksPC. Until next time. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.